Aloha, Tim. This is Eric from Hawaii on my iPod Touch, second generation, using the 3.1 iPod Touch iPhone software, as well as my Apple earphones with remote and mic. I'm finding the sound quality for voice memo is pretty good. It's not uh, professional quality. The sound out of the earbuds, well, it's earbud quality. Enjoying using the software seems to be really good. Would like to see if there are other earphones with a better sound quality and possibly with a little better microphone to see how that is in the future. Thank you very much for the podcast and have a wonderful day. OWC Radio number 10. everybody, Tim Robertson for OWC Radio. Hey, did you know that we have that URL? That's right. If you go to OWCRadio.com, you could find links to this show, all of our past shows. And, you know, during the podcast, I mentioned a lot of different sites, a lot of different links. I'm going to start putting, uh, actually, I went and did it with the older shows as well. I'm going to start putting those links at OWCRadio.com. So you don't have to try to remember a URL or remember a search feed to look for some kind of a phrase that you plug into Google or Yahoo and try to find it that way. Just go to OWCRadio.com, and I'll have links to everything that I talk about here in the show. And uh, any links, say, if I'm talking about a review, and I will uh, talk about one of those today as well, or an article that's worth reading, OWCRadio.com is the place to find all those links. So first of all, of course, thanks to Eric for sending in that feedback. I really, I, you know, I really like putting in the audio feedback. And I've got another one from Scott Wilsey here I'm going to play in just a second. Um, I don't know. It's a little bit more, well, this is an audio show, so it, it helps to uh, to hear what you guys sound like and to put it in the show. And that way, you know, other people will hear it and it will encourage them to do the same thing. It's real easy to do. Really, really easy. Um, if you have an iPhone or an iPod Touch, it's very simple. Just simply use, I'm going to fire it up right here on my iPhone, just so I get the naming conventions correct, because, you know, sometimes I forget. Uh, it's called Voice Memo. If you click Voice Memo, you'll see just a microphone with a record button. You hit record, record yourself. There's a, uh, a button that you push to send it wherever you want. You could send it right out via email to me. The email address that you're going to want to send it to, let me pull that up to, is podcast at maxsales.com. You know, you could also use any telephone to call our Skype number and leave a message that way. It's 1-801-938-5559. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash radio. Speaking of Twitter, at TomDar2, T-O-M-D-A-R2. Number two sent me a message because it was a couple of episodes ago at this point with, you know, with the whole iPad thing coming out, um, it kind of got put on the back burner, but that was recording audio on your iPod touch. And I said, the iPod touch doesn't come with the iPhone headphones with the little ear mic, earbud, ear microphone. What do we, what do you call it? Ear, 
I guess it's just a microphone. Yeah. And he said, actually, the 32 and 64 gigabyte touches do come with the mic earbuds. Uh, the 8 gigabyte doesn't. So if you've got an 8 gigabyte iPod Touch, it doesn't have the microphone built into the headphones, whereas the 32 and 64 gigabyte versions do. Yeah, because that, that's not, you know, confusing enough. Let's listen to uh, Scott Wilsey's feedback, and we'll be right back. Hi, Tim. This is Scott. A little feedback on OWC9, another excellent podcast. I had an aha moment right at the beginning when John Martellaro was talking about looking at the iPad and then thinking which direction Apple was going. Also, if you go to stephenf.com or stephenf.tumblr.com and read the post, um, I need to talk to you about computers. And it also, at the bottom, goes into a bet on the future and talking about the future of computing, which is a UI model based on direct manipulation of data objects, completely hides the file system from the user, favors ease of use and reduction of complexity over absolute flexibility, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of where I was going when I was trying to say in the mailing list that I, you know, I think that looking at the iPad is the direction that Apple's going. Not that they're going to replace our Macs today, but I'm extremely convinced that anything they come out with, you know, 10 years from now, I don't think you'll be running anything that looks like OS X, um, except for maybe on specific cases for developers and pros. I think the general people, general public is going to be running something that looks more like the iPad. I agree with John and Steve that they're going to develop. Hopefully they'll have multitasking. More apps will emerge. But I think it's not just going to be something for the grandma. I think it's going to be very mainstream. If you look at all the other um, software developers' efforts to create portable devices, they haven't hidden the complexity. And, you know, I agree that the number one thing that has to be done is just get rid of the complexity. Make these things so simple to use that nobody has to know how they work. You know, Gruber used the transmission analogy. People use automatics. Not that many people know how to drive a stick shift anymore, honestly. I don't see kids learning how to drive sticks. Do they need to know? Hmm, not really. I disagree with the, you know, Stephen F.'s comment about maybe the automatics are safer. Um, but anyway, aside from that, you know, I, I just think that things are going to head in a different direction. We can't keep having computers that are so confusing to people to use, the average public. And I think that iPad is an indication of the future. I don't think it's here yet. And I don't think we have to give up our Macs today. But anyway, that was that was the point I was trying to make, was I really believe this is the direction Apple's going to go. And you know, I guess what I was trying to say very inelegantly um, and in inadequately was just how are they going to handle the use case for the pros or people that need to do stuff like we're doing in Lightroom or somebody using Blender or, you know, something like that um, or Xcode or whatever, you know, these power use cases, um, Final Cut. So how are they going to handle that? I believe that there will be more powerful mobile or not so mobile systems that will have operating systems that look more like the iPad but that there will probably be some form of multitasking and they'll have processors that will be powerful enough to do it. 
to do these things, but it won't be done the same way we do now. We won't have to worry about where our stuff is stored. We won't have to worry about the file system. It's going to be different. I really think that they're correct when they say that this is probably what the future is going to look like. So anyway, that's all I was trying to say. I didn't do a very good job of it. But uh, yeah, great episode. Um, Thanks for OWC and can't wait to hear the next one. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Scott, thanks a lot for the uh, feedback. You know, it's really hard to predict where we're going to be in 10 to 20 years. Sometimes it helps to look backwards to see where we're going to go forward, but not always. You look 20 years ago from right now, and we look at 1990 and the big computer out of Apple. Let's see, was the Macintosh Classic. Hmm. Nine-inch monochrome CRT display. 40 megabyte optional SCSI hard drive, built-in 3.5-inch super drive, (laughs) sound familiar, floppy disk drive, running at a blazing fast 8 megahertz, 8 megahertz bus speed, RAM, 1 megabyte. You could expand it up to 4. So it doesn't really help us when we try to look back to see where we're going to go forward because where we're at right now, 20 years from the classic, is just light years away from... It's not even close. You look at the classic and then, I don't know, look at my laptop, a 15-inch brand-new MacBook Pro. The things I can do with this laptop compared to what you can do with that classic is literally night and day. So can we look... 20 years in the future and say what we're going to be using. Will they be Macintosh computers at all? Will they all be slate, tab, iPad type of computers? I don't know. Will our computers be our phones and our phones will be our computers and our televisions? And I don't know. One thing I have a hard time wrapping my head around is creating content on a touch-only device. Maybe it'll become so easy and so intuitive that we can't imagine using a mouse and keyboard to actually create content. But I can't imagine that. Maybe I'm just not intelligent enough. Maybe I don't have a creative enough mind to look 20 years into the future and see where the future of computing will be. I know it'll be a lot different. I know that the things that we're using right now will probably seem archaic, Stone Age, but we're not there yet. I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. And I don't I don't think I would want to know. Do you really want to know what's <clears throat> excuse me? It, do you want to know what's coming? That's a good question. If you could look into a crystal ball and see where we're going to be 20 years technology-wise and live for just one day in that future world, would you really want to and then come back? That'd be like saying, okay, uh in 1990 I was 20 years old. I'm going to pop forward 20 years, and for an entire day, I'm going to use the uh, the, the iMac at home or the MacBook Pro, uh, recording audio in GarageBand, uh, chatting with people in iChat and video chatting, uh, or in Skype, if you will, checking my email, looking at media-rich websites, all the movies that I can look and download and purchase right in iTunes, my iPhone with the same information, really, on it. Uh, All my music right there in the palm of my hand that easily connects to my car stereo. Would I really want to experience that 
for 24 hours and then go back to 1990, I don't think I would want to. Not really. I mean, if you know what's coming and how great the new technology is going to be, wow, do you really want to go forward to see that and then come back? I think that would be kind of painful. You would spend literally the next 20 years waiting, waiting for the paradise that is the new technology. So I'm not going to try to predict, will we have Macs 20 years from now? I do believe we'll have some form of computers. I don't think that there'll be anything like we have now. Although, really, when you look at, let's say, my iMac at home, I've got a 23-inch iMac. How far and how different is that really than that Macintosh Classic from 1990? I don't think it's all that different. I mean, all the basic components were there. And we're still using mice and keyboards, and there's a monitor, and there's expansion. There's, And when I say expansion, I mean you can update the memory. So, you know, it's not like we're... It wasn't complete caveman days back in 1990, but then again, for the majority of you out there, you weren't online at this point. Um, even AOL and eWorld and the online services were still a year or two away from being known and being mainstream. So let's uh, move on. Let's talk about Macs because I don't know about you, but I'm really iPadded out. I really am. I, it's Look, I, I'm going to buy it. There's no question that... The iPad is a very cool device, and if you're anything like me, you're going to get one. If not the first generation, then the second or the third. I'll buy the first generation, um, either a 32 or a 64 gigabyte. Uh, I'm not going to get the, and I've thought about, and I said this on the last show, but I've thought about it some more, and I'm just not going to get the 3G version. I'm going to get the Wi-Fi only version. It just makes more sense to me. For the places that I will use the iPad, I've got an, a Wi-Fi connection. But I'm iPadded out. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Not until at least it comes out or it's just about to come out. Or if I'm doing an interview and I'm curious on you know what they think of the product and get their take on it. But as far as me, myself, and I, I'm a little iPadded out until it, it's actually released. And let's be honest, the Macintosh, much better computing platform. It is. It's it's so much better than the iPad. Can you think of anything that you could do with the iPad that you can't already do with your current Mac? Mm, nope, I can't. The Macintosh is just really the ultimate creation tool. There's so much content that we create with this thing. Uh, I'm creating this podcast right now. Some of you are listening to this content on your Macintosh. Or if not, on your iPhone or iPod but you probably got it there through iTunes, which is on your Macintosh. Or maybe a PC. Heaven forbid. But still, I'm just a little burned out of the whole iPad thing, and I really like the Macintosh. Now, maybe that sounds a little, well, duh, you do a, a podcast about the Macintosh. Well, it goes a little deeper than that, though. The Macintosh, for me, has opened up a world of creativity that... I didn't even know that I was missing. And by that, I mean 15 years ago, almost 16 years ago. And I bought my original Macintosh uh, on the premise that my then just born daughter, Rachel, 
uh, was going to need to use computers a lot more often than I ever would, that she was going to grow up in a world where computers and having a computer in your home and in your school and at your place of work was going to be the norm rather than the exception like it was when I was growing up. I mean, I look back at the 70s and I I can't remember anybody who had a computer. Maybe one of those, you know, VIC-20 type of things that you plugged into your TV and you typed in 10, print high, 20, go to 10, and then the whole screen would fill up with high. You remember those if you're old enough. So I thought she's going to need a computer a lot more than I ever will. And my then wife and I decided that we need to get a computer. So I did a lot of research. And it was the Macintosh, obviously, that we settled on. Haven't looked back. I've, I've owned a few PCs, but ugh, please. So my question to you, and I, and I put this out there, and I hope some of you respond with some audio comments, audio feedback, like we've played two already on this show from Eric and Scott. Why did you buy your first computer? Was it, did you have similar reasons that you had kids and you knew they were going to need computers, so you bought it ostensibly for them to use, and then it kind of became dad's computer? Or if you're younger, uh, did you grow up with computers in the household? I mean, if you're 20 years old, you pretty much grew up with computers. You don't know any other world. So I'm curious, why did you buy your first computer? And more importantly to me, what do you do with it mostly? What computer programs are you using on your Mac more than any other? Is it GarageBand? Is it iTunes? Is it Photoshop? Is it the web browser, the email client? Do you still use the dashboard widgets? Remember those? Came out in, oh, geez, two years, three years ago now? I still use dashboard widgets. Not as much as I thought I would, but I do. Do you use programs, I don't know, uh, Tweety on the Mac? That's a pretty good one for a Twitter client. What about numbers, pages? Hey, I use Evernote quite a bit. Now, I don't take full advantage of it like I know it could, but I use it. So I'm kind of curious, what do you use your Mac for? And why did you get your Mac? And why the when and the why kind of goes together. So, you know, you could say, I bought my first Mac in uh, 1984. I saw the commercials and I just had to have one. Or it could be, well, I bought my first computer uh, when I went to college two years ago. I'm very curious, and I think that everyone listening would be uh, interested in hearing that as well. So send feedback, an audio comment, if you will, a podcast at maxsales.com. But please don't tell me how much you want an iPad, because I know we all do. So today is Monday as I, as I uh, record this. I almost said film, because I've been working in Final Cut Pro a lot earlier today. But as I record this, it's Monday, and early tomorrow morning being Tuesday, I will be going to Woodstock, Illinois, and that is the hometown for Otherworld Computing. Uh, going to do some audio recording there for the podcast, although you, you folks probably won't hear until after the Macworld Expo, um, because quite honestly, between now and the Macworld Expo, it's my schedule is just really, really tight. But what I want to do when I'm in um, Woodstock tomorrow at the corporate headquarters of OWC, www.maxsales.com. I want to get to know the people behind the company. Now, I'm not talking about uh, the higher-ups in the company, although I want to get to know them a lot better, too, and I know you do. But I want to start with the people who work for OWC and make the company what it is. Uh, I think that's a very interesting group of people. I've met them a few times. 
and they're fantastic and they're fabulous to work with and they're very, very interesting. And I want to share some of their stories with you. Now, I don't really want to get into the minutia of, so what do you do at OWC? Because, you know, I don't think that that's the interesting story. I think the interesting story is who these people are. Uh, how did you come to work here? Um, did you see yourself doing this, say, 15 years ago? Could you imagine what your role would be? Uh, what was your first computer? How did you get into technology? Stuff like that. I think those are the interesting questions, and I'm looking forward to sitting down with uh, two or three people tomorrow and uh, recording those interviews. And we will use those here on OWC Radio in the very near future, probably starting the week after Macworld Expo. Speaking of Macworld Expo, once again, it does happen next week. I cannot believe it. Uh, a week from Tuesday, a week from tomorrow. So tomorrow I go to Chicago area. And then the Tuesday after, I'll be on an airplane going to San Francisco for the Macworld Expo. runs the 11th, 12th, and 13th of February. I'll be uh, roaming the showroom floor doing a lot of interviews uh, for OWC Radio. Uh, you'll also find me at booth 1354 quite often. That's the, of course, Otherworld Computing booth. It's really going to be a, a fun time. I hope you guys come out. And if you can't, I understand, but make sure you follow us here at OWC Radio because I'm going to try to bring the flavor of the show to the podcast. What that means, well, I don't know quite yet. Um, I've been doing live podcast well, live. It's recorded, but you know what I mean. I've been doing uh, daily shows from the Macworld Expo for a number of years now. And one of the things that I really enjoy is doing the interviews while I'm there, not just with the people at the different booths. I like to talk to the people that are attending the expo. And like last year, for instance, for whatever reason, I kept <laughs> – it seemed like everyone I interviewed was from either New Zealand or Australia. Literally, I had like four or five interviews from people from Australia and New Zealand. I didn't use them all on the podcast, but I recorded them. Sometimes the audio just doesn't work out and you can't use everything. But still, it, it's fun and it's really interesting to meet and talk to the people at the show, what they're seeing. Um yeah, we want to talk to the vendors and, and uh, the, the people that are showing at the showroom floor, on the showroom floor. But I also want to talk, and probably more importantly for me on a personal level, is the people that are attending the show. Because, you know, they are the heart and soul of the Macworld Expo. Because, let's be honest, if they don't show up, we don't show up. We being vendors or we being press. So... If you're going to attend the show, drop me an email, podcast at maxsales.com, and let's plan to hook up during the Macworld Expo, and I'll get you on OWC Radio. I would love it. I think it would be a lot of fun. I think you would like it as well. So uh, just send me an email. As I've said in the past, I like to uh, steer you towards really cool websites that uh, I've either known about for a long time, you guys suggested to me, and I'll share that back with everyone else. Or it's stuff that I've already known for a long time. And this is something that I've known about since 2004. It's called Folklore.org. F-O-L-K-L-O-R-E dot O-R-G. Now, of course, like I said, this is going to be up on the show notes for OWC number 10, OWC Radio number 10 at OWCRadio.com. So just go there and I'll have a link for you. It's been around since 19, or I'm sorry, since 2004, and it was 
actually created by Andy Hetzfield. And what he did is he put this little website together and it's kind of like, I don't want to say that. It's kind of a dire, well, no, it's not like that either. Really hard to explain. It's just really short stories posted by people who helped create the Macintosh. Even before Steve Jobs was on the project, some of these people were working on the Macintosh. And it's really great. I mean, when I say little stories, I'm talking, some of them are a paragraph or two. And it kind of gives you an insight into the team that really did change the world. And it's a fabulous website. It's absolutely free. There's no joining it or anything like that. But what they did is they took a lot of the stories, in fact, pretty much all of them, and they compiled it into a book that's called Revolution in the Valley that came out in 2004. So you could probably pick that book up just almost for nothing on Amazon or eBay at this point. And it's a fabulous book, and it really is timeless because it's not about current events. It's about the creation of the Macintosh. But you don't have to buy the book if you don't want to. Almost all the same stories that are in the book are on the website, although I found the book um, more engaging. The pictures were better. It's easier to kind of follow along, uh, leave off, pick it up, and I can read it at my leisure rather than whenever I'm connected to the Internet. But the website is fabulous, and it's called Folklore.org. You really should check it out. If you're a Mac fan like I am, now I'm not saying an Apple fan. I'm talking about a fan of the computing platform, Macintosh. That's what I am. I'm not an Apple fan. A lot of people say, oh, you're just a big Apple fan. No, I'm not an Apple fan. I'm a Macintosh fan. I'm a fan of the products that Apple use or has created, but not all the products. Really. The Hi-Fi, ugh. The Cube, it was neat, but really? Uh, the MacBook Pro, beautiful. iPhone, love it. Hey, I even have an Apple TV. I use it almost every day. I love the Apple TV. It doesn't get the respect that I think it deserves. Is it perfect? No. It could be a lot better. But I like it. I use it every day. I'm happy I bought it. So I'm a fan of the products that this company makes. And uh, this is a great website, folklore.org, to learn about the history of the main product that I like, the Macintosh. I mean, it really did change the world. Speaking of what you do with your Macintosh, you know a project that's kind of been stuck in the back of my head for, I don't know, a number of years now, kind of a documentary in which you show 50 Mac users from 50 different states. So it obviously would be uh, focused here in the United States. But 50 Mac users from 50 states, it'd be a couple hours long if you put it together. But I, I kind of foresee this as something that would be um, in, in smaller increments, so like a, a little 10-minute video, and this is New York, and this is Maine, and this is California. And each state, you have one Macintosh user. You go there, you film them, let me show you what they do with their Mac. I thought that would be kind of cool. I don't know if it's a project that I'll ever get to do, and if I don't, I hope somebody else that's listening to this kind of picks up the idea and runs with it because, man, that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? You get to see different Mac users from all over the United States. Eventually, if you really wanted to expand it, all over the world. I don't know how a project like that would uh, necessarily make any money. So I don't know if, uh, I don't know. How, how would you, how could, unless you're rich, how could you afford to do that? 
I couldn't. <laughs> I know I couldn't. Um, probably you couldn't either because that's that's a big expense. Plus, you have to find a different Mac user in every state. Although, honestly, I don't think that would be too difficult. Um, finding interesting ones might be, but I think most Mac users generally are very interesting people. Then again, I'm of the the belief that everybody has a story to tell. I know there's been shows in the past on television that kind of explored that. But uh, I think everybody's interesting. I think everyone has a story. And being Mac users in general, we're probably a little bit more creative. And I think those would be fantastic. That would be a fantastic series. I, I hope if I don't ever get the chance to do that, I hope somebody else does. I would love that. By the way, I have a cold, so if you notice heavy breathing, like, yeah, it's it's sinuses. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, you could take all the medication you want, but I don't know. You would think that they would have a, a cure for the common cold at this point, but they don't. Some show-related news. As I said, um, tomorrow I'm going to Woodstock, Illinois, and we're going to do some stuff there. But... Um, also on, I can't believe it's February already on Wednesday. Uh, the next time I do a podcast, I'll actually do an interview with Harry McCracken from the technologizer. Now he was supposed to be on last week, but there was kind of this Apple event and he went to it. So, you know, how that goes. So I'm going to have Harry on uh Wednesday and that show should be released on Wednesday. And then the show after that, that we release will be on Friday and Friday show uh, February 5th, will be the last show we do before the Macworld Expo begins. And on Friday's show, we're going to have, from Macworld Magazine, Chris Breen. And Chris is always a good, fun conversation, as is Harry. And I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with both of those guys, get their predictions for Macworld, what they're going to be covering, what they're hoping to see, what they think about the iPad, because, well, I already explained that. So that ought to be a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, after that, uh, the next podcast will come out probably either Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, the 9th or the 10th. I'm not quite sure. The expo actually runs from uh, the 11th, 12th, and 13th, but I'll be in San Francisco. I touch down on uh, Tuesday, February 9th, and I can see doing a podcast either that night or the next night, February 10th. Uh, I keep saying night. Day it doesn't make it, it doesn't make a difference to me when I do and record the podcast. What those shows will be, I don't know. I'm going to look for uh, some Mac user to talk to, get them on the show, and and uh, put a show out there and kind of bring the excitement of the MacWorld Expo to you. And I'm going to say it again: Booth 1354, Otherworld Computing. You really, if you're going to be there, you really do need to stop by the booth. If I'm not there, um, Grant, Larry, there's going to be a lot of people at the booth. You know, let them know that you've been listening to OWC Radio and you really want to see the Entertainment Center. And maybe, just maybe, check it, take a look at that SSD card, the Enterprise, that thing is sweet, Enterprise Class SSD drive. I want to talk about making your Mac go faster. <laughs> Man. Speaking of drives, and I've harped on this before, but, you know, if you don't have a good backup solution, you're going to lose your data. Don't do that. But if you've got an older, slower hard drive in your, I don't know, say your MacBook or your MacBook Pro, 
It sure would be nice to upgrade that drive, wouldn't it? Well, here's a really good idea, and this makes it actually very simple. At MaxSales.com right now, we've got the OWC Express 2.5-inch SATA enclosure kit. Now, this is an entire kit for $132.50. And by the way, they do accept PayPal, so those of you who don't have a credit card and you do have a PayPal account, no problem. You can uh, you can use PayPal. Very fast shipping, so if you ordered it, say, today, you'd have it by the end of the week. So check this out. With this kit, for this price, you get a 500-gigabyte Seagate 7200 RPM drive. So number one, it's already going to be a, a much larger hard drive that's in your your laptop. And it's also going to be a lot faster, 7200 RPM. The stock Apple drives are usually 5400 RPM. So this thing's going to it's going to seem a lot peppier. But I know there's a lot of people out there who think, you know what, I don't really want to upgrade my hard drive. I would like to, but man, what a, it's it's such a pain to do it. And I don't want to have to start from scratch and remember what my registration codes are for this one, this program, or it, it could be, a, I, I know, it could be kind of a pain. But here's an idea. And this is going to use free software, Carbon Copy Cloner. So download Carbon Copy Cloner before you do anything else. Then get this kit. Now, with this kit, when it comes, you're going to get not only the hard drive, which is bigger and faster than what you got already, you're going to get the 2.5-inch SATA USB enclosure that you can put the new hard drive in temporarily. You don't even have to, you know, screw it together. Just put it in there temporarily, close the drive, plug it into the USB port. It doesn't take any AC power. There's no power brick or anything with this enclosure. So you just put the hard drive in there, plug it into your Mac, it's going to show up on your desktop. Chances are your time machine is going to pop and goes pop up and go. Do you want to use this as time machine backup? Say no. Once it's mounted on your hard drive, on your desktop, run Carbon Copy Cloner and copy or clone, if you will, your internal drive to the new drive. So you're going to make an exact duplicate, right? Then shut the machine off, unplug the USB enclosure. And then take your Mac apart. There's where the uh, the toolkit comes in that's part of this kit. That's right. You're going to get all the screwdrivers that you're going to need to perform the upgrade. So once you do that, and by the way, the uh, the toolkit, you're going to need this eventually anyways. The toolkit's going to come with the little nylon splunger. That's a great name, by the way, Spun- Sponger. S-P-U-D-G-E-R, spudger. I just call it the, the nylon pry tool. <laughs> uh, it's going to come with a Phillips screwdriver. It's going to come with a straight blade screwdriver and both a T8 and T6 Torx driver. So you, you're going to have all the tools that you need. And it's it's going to be pretty simple, but here's even better. If you can't figure out how to do it yourself or you're really nervous about doing it, chances are we have an installation video that you can follow along. Just go up to the main website, www.maxsales.com. And uh, if you scroll down kind of kind of in the middle of the page, you'll see latest OWC install videos. And there's one that says view all installed videos. If you click that, simply look for your machine chances are we have it, and click the button that says hard drive. And that's going to give you a a video of exactly how to install this hard drive. 
watch the video a couple times when you're comfortable and you're when you're ready, turn off your machine and perform the update. Upgrade, I should say. Once you're done, number one, your machine is going to be a lot faster. But once you're done, it's going to look just like the machine did right before you did the upgrade. Why? Because you cloned your original drive onto the new one. So as far as the Mac's concerned, this is just a bigger, faster hard drive, but it's still the same hard drive as far as all your data is concerned. You don't have to re-register your products, none of that, because that, that's a hassle. I've had to do that before in the past when I've done a clean install. Ugh. It, I mean, it really is kind of a hassle. So if you use Carbon Copy Cloner, which is free, and get this kit, you can actually do a, a you could clone your internal hard drive over to this external Take the new hard drive out of the external case, put it in your new, in your new, <laughs> it'll feel like a new, in your MacBook or MacBook Pro, close it up, reboot it, you're good to go. But here's a bonus. Take the old hard drive out that you took out of the Mac and put that in the enclosure that you just got. That can be, at that point, your emergency backup disk. In other words, if something starts happening with your Mac a couple months later, uh, your, your Mac OS starts getting corrupt, you're getting some bad files, something like that and you need to reboot from another hard drive, all you have to do is plug this enclosure in, reboot the machine, hold down the option key when you do, and it will give you the option to boot from the internal drive or the USB drive, which is probably going to be named you know, this whatever it is, you know, Macintosh hard drive. You can boot from the external USB-powered hard drive and then run all the disk permissions and tools and all that stuff on the internal drive. And this solves two problems. Number one... It gets you a faster machine because it's going to be a much faster hard drive. It's going to give you more storage options. And number two, it's going to give you the ability to have an emergency boot-up disk. Very important to have one of those. That's exactly what I did um, myself. I used my old MacBook Pro, which I don't even use too much anymore. It's kind of the secondary machine in the kitchen if we're in there and we need to look up a recipe or browse a net or whatever. That's in the kitchen. But the original hard drive that was in there is now in exactly this enclosure. And uh, the OWXT Express is just a little, honestly, the little plastic box isn't too much bigger than the hard drive itself. And then it just has a USB cable that comes out of it. And it's not even like one of those super huge long cables that are just annoying. It's just long enough to be able to plug into your Mac and uh, move the hard drive a little away from the computer so you don't have to have it sitting right on top of it if you don't want to. And it just works great. That's I, I put all my um, Disk Warrior on there and, you know... The, the repair type of programs that are, is just invaluable to us Mac users. So those are all actually installed on that external drive. And that external drive, it, it won't just boot that old Mac. It'll also boot my brand new MacBook Pro. It'll it'll boot up my iMac. That's the nice thing about Mac OS X, the new, newer versions, that you can boot up pretty much any machine with them. So that's my emergency hard drive. It's just a 160-gig hard drive that I wasn't using in the old MacBook Pro. So it works great. So you could do the exactly the same thing, $132.50. Uh, all major credit cards, including PayPal. So check it out, www.maxsales.com. I'll put a link directly into uh, this really cool kit. I think you'll like it. I do. It's a do-it-yourself kit, 500 gigabyte, 7200 RPM hard drive, including the tools that you're going to need and the, the uh, I'm sorry, the OWC Express enclosure. So it's just really cool. 
So with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of OWC Radio. Hope I didn't ramble on too long for you. Love your feedback, if you wouldn't mind. It's podcast at maxsales.com. Audio feedback or just a standard email. You can also follow us on Twitter and send messages that way. OWC Radio is the Twitter handle. And, of course, for all the links that I talk about on this show, including Carbon Copy Cloner, um, the OWC Enclosure Kit, uh, the Stephen F. website that uh, Scott was talking about in his listener feedback, all that's going to be linked on show number 10 at OWCRadio.com. Again, my name is Tim Robertson. I hope to see you at Macworld, and I'll be back in a couple days with hopefully a really fun interview. Until then, take care. <laughs>